0: going to have a panel discussion on the value of the student staff partnerships. It's my pleasure to reintroduce Cloda McGivern, Vice President of Academic Affairs with the Union of Students in Ireland and QQI board member. Cloda is your chair, your panel chair today. Hello, everyone. Um, so I'd like to introduce our panel. So we have Roisin Tarty, who's the Director of Learner Support in SULLIS. We have Dara Ryder, who's the CEO of AHEAD. And then we have Anna Yakovic, who is an FET learner and was also heavily involved in the ETB reviews and ETB sectoral report. So um, based on Peter's fantastic presentation, um, I want to ask each and every one of you, um, what do you think um, we are doing well in relation to um, student engagement based on what we've heard today? So I'll start with Dara and come inwards then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I think there's lots of uh, really good work out there on student engagement happening uh, in Ireland. I think Ireland, it's definitely been a hot topic of conversation right, for all of us over the last few years. I actually think that some of the best work that I've seen is actually in the classroom by educators working directly with students every day. Um, Some of the work that we've seen on our Universal Design for Learning badge, uh, which was delivered with UCD, with the National Forum, and delivered with a whole range of educators right across the system. I suppose the UDL framework is a framework that promotes engagement with students and and tries to offer them, um, I suppose, a meaningful say in the direction of their programs, the design of their programs, and also gives them meaningful choices every single day in their in the, the way that they learn and how they express their learning and for me that's really important work for equity inclusion generally uh, but it's also really important that, that it prepares students to be partners in the in the process of learning and in the wider uh, process of how our institutions and our bodies are actually organized and delivered so I think for me it all starts in the classroom and uh, and you know everything else goes from there and I think looking to our educators is is a really kind of inspiring example of of good work that can be done.
0: Fantastic. So we'll go to Roshi next.
2: Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. When you're thinking about this topic, learner engagement, you know, when you're asked what's going well, I suppose, given with COVID, given our own experiences of how COVID has affected learners, your mind, in my mind anyway, races to disengagement and having three teenagers, you're well aware, of the issues even in the school system and how that has changed people's lives. But the question today is what is going well? Uh, I suppose on behalf of the further education sector, I'd have to say from the ETBs, and many of my colleagues are here today, perspective, uh, learner engagement is core to what they have done every single day, every single year for decades. Uh, examples being your literacy provision, which is a one-to-one Course, which engages totally with where the the learner is coming from, where they want to progress to. You look at the models of community education, which clearly sets out what uh, choice of subject you'd like to progress to. If you look at the specialist training providers provision, which offers 4,000 places, again, that's one-to-one provision based on your own pace and your own time. These are all the good news stories now. Uh, Again, your post-leaving cert provision and your apprenticeship programs again you know a lot of them programs are geared towards the needs of the industry which again engage the learner fully but the question really for me and for the organization i work for is solace is is do we feel that learner engagement is going well and, and what more can be done and i know you're going to come to that question in a minute but i suppose what is going well is that learner engagement would be a core feature of the vet system and that's Solace's role really is to ensure that there's an effective system that meets the needs of our economy. Now, if you are one of those lucky 250,000 learners that are already accessing further education, you probably will have very good uh, learner engagement, albeit it can be improved. However, if you're um, one of the 1.2 to 1.9 members of our society who don't have upskilling opportunities and are in need of upskilling opportunities, perhaps your learner engagement wouldn't be uh, as fulfilling. But to get to the, the key question with regard to Solace's perspective, I suppose it's, is our system efficient and effective? If we're offering the right supports the right engagement for learners, with the right courses, with the right quality of teaching, with the right funding, we should have an effective system. And obviously, that will be uh, measured by impacts on uh, well being, your well being of your economy. The number of people that get jobs the number of people who reach their full protection uh, full potential whether that's in the home whether that's in your community in your life in your job or whatever so i suppose there is matrix to measure that system and i suppose if it's not effective more needs to be done and uh, i can come back later with regard to how we can further enhance learner engagement thanks
0: perfect thank you so much and anna if you'd like to
3: I think that when I think about what is working well, I would have to say that staff, definitely, and engagement with learners that has been brought up. I found through doing two statutory QA reviews for two different ETBs, as well as being involved with my own Quark ETB, working closely with staff with the Learner Voices Group, and as well as being on the learner panel for the QA review for Quark ETB, I can confidently say, that ETB has some of the most dedicated staff that you will meet probably in your entire life. Extremely dedicated, very motivated, very open to feedback. I think that there's also a huge advantage for learners in the way that they're being treated in further ed versus the mainstream secondary system. From myself, my own experience, I didn't have the best experience in the secondary system. But my experience in further ed and community ed has been positive from beginning to end. And I think that being up here today and being able to speak in front of so many people, that is a testament to that, which I would not have been able to do any of this if it wasn't for all of the amazing work that the staff have put in to provide a safe, encouraging environment that you wouldn't get in some mainstream system
0: so some excellent points raised there Um, so lastly I'll finish off with this question Um, after reflecting on today um, what do you think is something that we can improve on in relation to student engagement and partnership and I'll start with Anna this time and then work down the way yeah (laughs)
3: I think there could be more done in terms of formalizing the learner voice and bringing it to a bit of a higher point. There is a lot of informal feedback being gathered, and there is a lot of informal work that is being done. And it's excellent informal work. But there still could be a bit more work around creating the formal learner panels, formal learner groups that encourage the learner voice and there could be a bit more work around taking that learner feedback on board and then bringing it further into the provision because that's extremely valuable and extremely important feedback because how are you supposed to know that your provision is going in the right direction and that you are doing the right thing if you're not listening to the learners.
0: Brilliant, thank you. So we'll go to Rosine next.
2: I have, a whole, I have a whole list of areas that uh, <laughs> we would need to improve on. Uh, but if you I suppose you look at it from a number of perspectives, you know they would say, you know, the pedagogical approach to learning, um, the quality of teaching, the most important person in front of you is your instructor, your teacher, your practitioner, your facilitator. Uh, and I absolutely agree with that. However, I would add in an assumption in there, that's provided that that teacher is fully supported in their system, that they have uh, an environment that supports their, their best practice. I suppose that they are fully involved in the system over long periods of time, that they're, I suppose, not just, uh, I suppose, available for short inputs, that they're they're committed over a lifetime to, to teaching and their profession. And the qualifications of, of the teacher is, is key, I, I would say, based on a, a lot of research, because I suppose, that's where you're having most impact and people in this room are very familiar with that. But if you look at it from a systems perspective, If you don't have the funding to match that, if the funding's not allocated to that particular task, it's extremely difficult. I haven't been taught many years myself. If you don't have the time, if you're tied up on assessment uh, and you're not supported to ensure that you can engage in that calm approach of engaging your learner in the system, you know, it's extremely difficult. So I would say number one is funding. Number two is is the quality of the teacher. Number three, I suppose, if we're really serious about learner engagement or learner support or learner services, uh, really, I suppose, we have to look at the whole system. Is it the right course that suits that individual? And I, I suppose, really, you know, is the curriculum and the standards of the curriculum embedding learner uh, engagement and to to be involved in learner engagement use a learner will that form part of your assessment and integrate into your system and also you know is learner engagement going to be a, a key aspect of the european frameworks such as you know, the lifelong learning frameworks, the adult education frameworks, the entrepreneurial frameworks, the Digicom frameworks, which will then be integrated into our national standards. Will that form part of that or will it be an add-on? And myself and Dara have worked for many years looking at integrating supports for learners into the mainstream as opposed to continuously add on and we have worked quite closely with regard to the universal design framework and building that into the quality assurance system, I think is going to be absolutely key. Also, as I said, earlier building it into the the quality of the teaching, the teaching practice, building it into the the system of of further education, that it's a core component and it's measured and it's impacted. But also just wider than that as well, that learner engagement is built into the whole of government approach to I suppose uh, realizing people's fulfillment and, and well-being and that you know it's extremely difficult to engage if you know you're having difficulties uh, in your life uh, in under cost of living issues uh, outside of your your learning and I suppose that's where we have to take as everybody here would know a whole of person a whole of life and a whole of society approach to learner engagement because as we all know people come in a whole package you know you just can't cut off and say I'll I'll be really engaged when I'm in the classroom or when I'm undertaking an upskilling module for a day you have your whole life and I do think that's where the well-being framework for Ireland will be critical because it'll look at our our well-being as a society and our well-being as learners in a broader sense than just a, a narrow approach of when I'm in the classroom when I'm doing this element of training, yet my mind's racing because I can't afford to do X, Y, and Z. So I suppose building learner engagement into our whole approach
0: across government. Thanks. Thank you very much for that. Um, <clears throat> so last but not least, we'll go to Jarrah. Nice
1: <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I'm going to start in the classroom again, unsurprisingly. But I've got a few things that right? was jumping to mind. Pierre, thanks very much for your contribution. It was really, really thought provoking. Um, but yeah, I suppose uh, going back again, I think it's really important that we we focus on uh, pedagogy that really builds in student engagement and equity and inclusion right into the the fabric of how we deliver our education systems. So things like our, our trauma informed pedagogies are. Uh, Pedagogy is looking at decolonizing the curriculum, and UDL, which we'd obviously be very big on. You know, we're making big progress with the uh, UDL. We have already over 2,000 have taken the UDL badge. We have a thousand right now going through the, the latest iteration of it. So I think there's a, a really big move here in the sector. To embrace that. And, and the reason that stuff is important, I suppose, is because it helps students to bring more of themselves into the classroom, which is, I mean, you can't actually open yourself up to, to be engaged if, if you can't get in that position of feeling in a, in a safe space to do that. So it, it kind of positions uh, students, I suppose, for their voice to be welcomed and valued and that, that they can feel that and understand that. And I think it's really important from a quality assurance point of view that the system where possible actually rewards that practice and recognizes it. As practice of high quality because it is very much evidence informed practice and internationally uh, recognised. So we can do that through things like our external authentication training, for example, uh, looking at the way we validate programmes and seeing where in that process is. Uh, the second piece, I think, is um, is around diversifying the research community in and of itself. Um, we, our, our research here in the head shows that um, students with disabilities are very, very underrepresented in postgraduate study. And I think apart from the the moral prerogative to to kind of address that subject, I think there's actually a danger to uh, the quality assurance uh, agenda. Uh, Because essentially just from the point of view that the the evidence base that we're building is in and of itself at risk of of bias by having a community that that is very homogenous in terms of the community that's producing it. So I think that there's a risk there that we're kind of, um, I suppose, entrenching the the systemic inequality that, that Peter spoke about as well. And then, lastly, I suppose will be about the more formal structures that we're we're building for student engagement. I think NSTEP have done absolutely fabulous work uh, in terms of student engagement and building those formal structures. But I still actually think we have a bit of work to do in in terms of making sure diverse community can engage with those uh, formal structures and we're actually attracting a diverse community uh, into them. Um, you know, are we are we kind of engaging those? Who are already ready to be engaged, if that makes sense. Uh, so I as well suppose as those from maybe particular educational backgrounds, or who have the confidence and, and the, the sort of educational capital to engage in those things already, and maybe don't have a you know a mistrust of educational power structures as it stands, because of their their past experience. So I think there is a risk there that we're maybe only kind of honouring the voices of students who are who are already in that position and already have, have that, that sort of educational capital built up. And I'm not saying there's an easy answer to that, by the way, but I think we need to make uh, more, uh, more concerted efforts to directly target those, those students to be part of our, our formal uh, student engagement structures as well.
0: Perfect, so round of applause for our panel members. Thank you.